Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Very good and new. It's been a very chaotic week, but uh, we're getting there. My wife started her new job and uh, I've been doing the parenting, working all at once thing, um, which I'll, I'll admit, um, you know, when you're in South Africa, you don't, you don't realize how much time it takes, but uh, it's uh, it was a tough day yesterday, better today. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Oh, no. things with you good uh yeah that sounds exciting but also like a lot <laughs> to, to balance yeah it is it is um it's uh it's fine like with one since my daughter i take her in the morning to crash and, and um she does the morning there and i bring her home have lunch with her put her to sleep etc but my son was sent home this after this morning because he was sick so that's made an extra dimension. So if I do need to run, that's why I need to run. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, so anything you want to cover today? Yeah, well, we could talk about the metaverse or we could talk about um, the rethinking workplace flexibility. Uh, either of those two links you sent over, I I could chat about today. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about the metaverse and let's get your thoughts on what I said across. Sure, yeah. So um, you had sent an article, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Metaverse, which is kind of, you know, a fun play in all things metaverse organized like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, but in this case, the Guide to the Metaverse. So I thought... Uh, I thought one, it was an entertaining way to present it, you know, a new way to talk about all things metaverse. Yeah. I don't know if there's much like any, any new, I don't know. Did, what did you get from that? Um, I think it's good. There were a couple of things. I think um, the, in some respects it's closer than we think. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of activity in parallel to the physical world we live in. So there's a lot, I mean, you know, if you look at the amount of headlines that are popping up or article headings around people buying property in the metaverse, or, um, I mean, there was a mortgage that, that someone got to go buy something ridiculously expensive. Um, and when I say ridiculously expensive, there were hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, for a for a digital house, um, there's you can buy yachts and all that kind of stuff, also for for ridiculous amounts of money. Um, and when you start seeing that sort of thing happening, you wonder, you know, should you get involved in this stuff? I mean, at least that's what I was thinking about. And I've spoken to a few people, and they've given me some pointers where to go look. And in some weird way, I think there will be people that will it'll, it'll create demand and they will be interested in it. but in another weird way um i think it'll be shunned 
uh, and this is almost back to the original social media, you know, social media things like picking your Facebook versus whatever else was at that time. Um, MySpace, I think, was one. People would get will get religious about it, and then push it out. Um, the other thing that I that I've seen, which is which is something we have discussed before, is in this article they discuss Facebook and their meta approach and how they're struggling to find relevance as a company. They're losing, you know, they're losing users all the time, and they need to find something else to do. And this is, you know, one of the options. Um, but you know, it, it, it's one of those things. I don't think anyone has a, has an absolute answer. It will it fail? Will it be successful? We won't know until time has progressed. Um, but I just found it interesting that it's, it's keep coming. It's keep keeps returning to feeds. Um, and I and I've heard in a few different episodes of different podcasts how people are talking more and more about how they wish they could just go into a meeting virtually to talk to someone, which is probably the where this will start. It'll become a, a practical business tool to do in-person meetings because not everyone wants to travel um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You know, just not just about not traveling, but personal reasons. You know, it keeps them you know homeward bound for want of a better phrase. Yeah, I think one of the one thing that would be a turning point for me when it comes to the metaverse and something that I I think felt more talked about when the metaverse hype first started, but the idea that no one company owns the metaverse and as part of that, um, because obviously, and then you know, this article points out we have versions of what could be construed as the metaverse today from you know, what Meta is doing with their VR work to, um, and those, you know, early meeting experiences to video game metaverses, whether that's, you know, Minecraft, Second Life, um, some of these things have been around for decades. But what doesn't exist yet is really integrations between different metaverses, like the idea that Sure, no one company owns the metaverse, but you could flow from one place to another. And I think the article mentioned something about digital, um, you know, metaverse currencies and like exchange of mm. those, you know, bucks into something else. So there's like the early bit of that integration piece, but until you can really, you know, leave one metaverse, enter another, or like, in, or you know you're not leaving anything I guess until it's more seamless. I know I think that's just a milestone, and I I wonder how far no, we are. But but it's a good point. It's it's the same as if you look at the um, the cryptocurrencies. There won't be one exchange. There won't be one um, one coin to to rule them all. As much as everyone thinks Bitcoin is the only coin that'll that'll survive, I say everyone. There's there's people that say that. Um, the reality is, you need multiple ones, and you need, and and it comes down to integrations, uh, which I think you've hit on a very good point. Is regardless of who builds this or operates this, there's going to be multiple multiple vendors providing something, and the one that gets it right is the one that's the most open, connected to the other ones, um, and that's potentially where someone like what well, Meta as Facebook may be in a better position than the other ones because they don't have to put their stall out with their own hardware and all the rest of it. But then you, you look at the likes of Apple 
um, who seem to seem to be very good at owning the niche. So they they may be still the the the, the dark horse to watch, uh, and then Microsoft, of course, with with most desktops out there, um, and the gaming platforms that they're buying, you know, may may actually become the one that leads the the successful implementation, but they won't be the first one. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. What do you think about the idea of whether you should have to be your um, your real self in the metaverse? Because this is something that came up in the article as well. And obviously we've seen a lot of social media platforms. And I think even with, you know, the whole Elon buying Twitter thing, this is one of the early ideas for reforming Twitter that he put out that need to basically be, you know, prove that you're yourself and present yourself as who you are. So you're not some, you know, anonymous profile essentially. But um, I think there's also reasons in terms of like what the metaverse does kind of is give you, and this is the idea behind second life, like the ability to explore different parts of yourself or not be, you know, tied to your, real identity, right? Um, so I think that's another just interesting, where will that land in different spheres in terms of do you have to present yourself as, you know, yourself so that you're, you know, accountable for your actions or can you be this, yeah, this avatar, this non-real person? So I think you asked a couple of things there. I think, I think the, I think authenticity is important. Um, who you are, is, and, and that's where, I think the crypto underlying infrastructure will become important, will be interesting to see how that's applied. But I think one of the benefits of the digital realm is you could be someone else. So I think in in, in the right areas for the right reasons, you should be allowed to pretend to be someone else, um, you know, almost take that gaming profile that you've, you know, fix all your weaknesses and do adventures and, and all the rest of it. And I think that's, that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. But I think when it comes to, your professional identity or your natural person identity, that's got to be you uh, as close as it can be to you. Oh, yeah, definitely for like the um, anything in the professional side of things. Um, it's like you wouldn't go on LinkedIn and make your, uh, your LinkedIn name, your, I don't know, your Call of Duty username or, or whatever that would be very bizarre yeah yeah um i i i'm i'm thinking of a few movies where this is i mean you think of uh what was that movie with bruce willis um uh, where they where they were machines but people would live their lives out connected i can't it was called now um but he was like a, a, a police officer, but his body was a, synth- a synthetic. So I think it was called synthetics. Um, where his his body was was robotic, and the consciousness was was living um, in the metaverse, and the bodies were actually plugged in at home, and he would he would be in his robotic body moving around, doing his job, but his actual body hadn't left the the chair in six years. Um, and then there was uh, Altered Carbon, I think, which was on Netflix, 
which was you had your consciousness on a on a disc a sleeve and then you'd get a body to use until you died and then when you died as long as you died in the right places your body would be moved on that sleeve to another body um and i wonder if that's our future in some respect um you know that's your immortality that is interesting i mean there's there's avatar the matrix is there a bit more um fantastical but um yeah i don't know i mean that's the that's like the moving into dystopian like <laughs> scary realm of of all this stuff is um like changing the the fabric of society or the um you know the meaning of life i suppose if you could just be immortal well, by, I mean, yeah I think it's a good exercise to go through. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the pandemic, no one saw it coming, and then we had it, and then no one was prepared for it. I mean, anyone who says they were prepared for it, I would, I wouldn't believe. Um, but you've almost got to think about some of these things to 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 know if you're okay with it. If it does happen, and you know, it's a thought exercise more than a practical exercise. Um, I was actually watching something yesterday where a guy was saying you need to cancel all your game profiles, you need to get out of all these things because this is warping your brain. Um, and I thought about what he was saying. I thought, well, yeah, I could see why you would want to learn how to control that or limit your exposure to it. But you can't cut it out completely because you're actually losing a life skill in the future because there are people, and, and if you think about, you know, definitely younger generations than us coming through, you know, where are they going to look for information? They're going to look on TikTok and those sorts of places. They're not going to come to Facebook and, and LinkedIn and, and those things because they've grown up in a completely different world to what we've grown up in. And we've, we've been a part of that evolution in some respects. Um, so I think you've got to keep the skills there, but you've got to, you've got to have the, the discipline that, that goes with it. Mm. Yeah, that is interesting. If if the if gaming skills are useful in the world of the future, I'm kind of not not well positioned there. Unless it's like Animal Crossing, I've got that one down. You know, another thing that I thought was interesting um, or new about the metaverse that I hadn't heard is just talking about the origin of some of it, and I guess people are even saying that, you know, tracing it back to the World Fair, um, the idea of, you know, coming together and sharing these inventions, innovations, um, like the, you know, technology of the time together was like an early version of the metaverse, which I thought was interesting because obviously that's not digital at all. Um, but I can see how like the exchange of new ideas in that way is kind of a parallel to what we're talking about today with the metaverse. Well, it, well, it is about exchange of information to a large extent. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's the, that's the important piece is, is making that easy. Um, there are definitely days where I'd much rather be virtually in a meeting than in the meeting um, for whatever reason. Um, and I think if we can make that easier, then, then that will definitely improve things. 
Um, yeah, because I think that that article mentioned that they think that the first thought of this goes back to 1851 here in London, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was that World Fair. Um, and then, yeah, all the sci-fi kind of books where these ideas have been explored since then. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, even with the, the video game um, applications of this, it's not a new idea. It's almost like artificial intelligence is that in that way. It's like something we've been exploring and talking about for many, many decades, but it, you know, when's the tipping point where it becomes like um, a standard, you know, just part of things or where it really uh, takes over our lives. And I think with, you know, facial recognition, image recognition, um, some of the AI stuff has again, like within the, I don't know, past decade become more and more real and more and more, um, relevant to you know our everyday lives so here's a question for you do you think that the technology developed so we could have the sphere or do you think we had to have the idea so that the technology developed in that in that way so which came chicken and egg in some respects if if we conceived that this is what we wanted to do 100 years ago or have a have a hundred and 150 years ago that we wanted to do metaverse did we did that create the the trajectory for all technology to evolve mm. for us to have now be in the roots of the metaverse because i think we you know you could technically say you have it because you had get an oculus or, or something like that plug it on and if everyone's on it and you're standing next to each other in a meeting room virtually you're kind of there or do you think that as the technology is developed and it's gone the different routes it was going to go the metaverse has become a thing because now we're connecting the dots. It's a really interesting question. I think my instinct is that it's the exploration of these ideas and that, you know, there's something to this virtual existing in this other realm that appeals to us on some level. And that's why, or, or it scares us on some level. We, we feel some sort of way about it, and that's why it has proliferated culturally in all of these different movies and books and what have you. Um, but I also think when it comes to VR and some of these, you know, augmented reality, mixed reality, that some of these technologies have been searching for a real problem to solve in a way to become embedded more in a more mainstream way for a, a long time. So I can see, you know, obviously technology companies have a great interest in succeeding in new realms. So there's definitely that, you know, economic or, um, you know, need to apply the technology that's also kind of a forcing function when it comes to companies like Meta. Mm. Mm. Um, I do need to wrap up. Um, but it, it is an interesting thing because I think, the pandemic, in some respects, has accelerated this this to the front to the forefront. Um, I mentioned a book about this before called Shift, and that I was looking at that the other day. That that was written in two thousand and ten, I think two thousand and twelve. Um, and a lot of what what was in that book is is what you're seeing now. Um, 
So I'm interested to see how quickly it does come to the fore. You know, would be if we talked about this in a year's time, would we actually be doing this on on headsets or glasses or, or whatever the technology provides, or is it is it sort of three years from now? That's that's the thing I'm sort of tracking. Um, you know, anecdotally. Yeah. No, it is interesting. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Cool. Thanks, Heather. I've got to, I've got to run, but uh, it was good to catch up. Yeah. All right. Have a good rest of your day, Ryan. Cheers, Eric. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.